Hello and welcome to you, faithful listeners. We are back with once again another weekly episode of the Dirty Talk podcast. And this week we have a special treat for you because it's all about someone special. I don't know anything about this. I know you've been chatting it up for a while. You've been excited about it. You've been wanting to share it with me. So I have no idea what you're going to be talking about. The listeners have no idea what you're going to be talking about. And in case you're wondering who this is, because this is your first time tuning in, because you never know, it could always be somebody's first time. It's always somebody's first time. If this is your cherry, then hello there. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. We'll make it smooth and pain-free. Gentle and soft. Yes, this is TC Rollins and... This is Rain DeGray. Rain has this story. I'm just going to throw the ball to her and she is going to keep it and run with it for the rest of the episode. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Ball's in your court. What you got? Okay, I have a question for you. Sure. What do Dead Fox's nudity, Jesus Christ, Homer, vegetarianism, and socialized medicine have in common? Well, it sounds a little like my 21st birthday, <laughs> but I'm going to say that's not it. I mean, there's how a story. There, how many story. dead foxes were in your 21st birthday? I'm not admitting to anything. Okay. All right. I mean, the, let me count. I think the statute of limitations is lifted on that, but that's uh-huh. maybe a story for another time. But I figure it's not my 21st birthday. You weren't there. No. The the oil paintings are still sealed in a vault somewhere, and they strict <laughs> orders not to be revealed for another hundred fifty years. <laughs> Probably a wise call. Yes. Anyways, yeah, I don't know, I don't, but I figure I'm going to learn by the end of this episode. William Price. Okay. Is what they all have in common. And who is William Price? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I mean, I figure you're going to answer that since you brought it up. <laughs> William Price was born on March 4th, 1800. Okay. His father was also named William Price and was an ordained priest of the Church of England who studied at Jesus College, Oxford. I didn't know Jesus had established a college in Oxford. I mean, he did a lot of things in those brief 30 plus years that he spent on this earth. Jesus is going to be coming up a lot in the course of this podcast. Okay. His mother was an uneducated Welsh woman who was a servant. And when she married William Price's father, it caused a huge scandal because back in the day, people from lower social standings marrying up was considered uh, quite bad. Mm-hmm. And you've got to mix with your own. Yeah, yeah. A lot of frowny and a lot of finger waggling. But after his father married this maidservant, they went on to have seven children, okay, only yeah. only four of which survived. Mm, well, that's how it was back then. Yeah. That's why you had to procreate so much, not just for mm-hmm. the joy of it, but also for the social security of it, because they were that was your retirement plan. And you knew that a couple of them were going to fail. Not much antibiotics happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. You had to roll the dice and hope for the best. Where it gets... A little more tricky is by the age of 30, William Price's father, who was schizophrenic, was officially listed as a lunatic. Among the things that his father did was to bathe naked in local ponds 
at a time when public nudity was like, Mm-mm-mm, the church does not like that. You got to keep the meat and veg, you know, mm-hmm. undercover. Mm-hmm. Was this why he was considered a lunatic? Because he liked to skinny dip? Oh, no, 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 no. He also, that would be one thing. You I would mean, think, because I've done that no, before okay. and I'm not but, crazy. But did you collect and keep snakes in your pocket for days on end? Not recently. Did you remove bark from trees and then burn it while muttering words? I have. I've, I've removed flowers from plants and I've smoked them and mm-hmm. said words while doing it. Did you spit onto stones believing that your spit would increase the value of the stone? I've not. I mean, I've given, mm-hmm. I've given shiny stones to girls in hopes that their value would encourage them to do dirty things to me. <laughs> Did you fire a gun at a woman for taking sticks out of your hedgerow? Not that I am admitting to, no. Right. What happened on my 21st birthday? <laughs> it's those paintings are sealed. They're yes. sealed in a vault. They're not going to be taken out for the mm-hmm. next 150 years. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners who don't know what a hedgerow is or only think of them as something that is referenced in Stairway to Heaven. Well, I just know that if there's ever a bustle in my hedgerow, right, right, I should not be it. alarmed. You shouldn't be alarmed. But if somebody's going to shoot a gun at me, then I will be a little bit alarmed. Indeed. And as was the town, uh-huh. his family decided to deal with the shooty, spitty, naked, snake-keeping father by tying him to chairs and his bed when he would get into really bad rages. Okay. Because there was no really effective way of dealing with schizophrenia at that time. Mm. At the age of 13, William Price made the decision that he wanted to become a doctor despite his father saying, hey, I think you should be a solicitor. And his son, thank goodness for us all now, said, no thanks, I'm passing on being a solicitor. I would rather be a doctor. It has been theorized that his father's mental illness, in addition to his siblings not making it, were some of the factors that motivated him to make this choice. Mm -hmm. That choice would end up having a profound effect on healthcare in the UK as the world knows it today. Okay. All right. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. An undeniably intelligent man, William Price became a member of the Royal College of Surgeons at the age of only 21, which was highly unusual. It's a young age to start cutting into people, yes. Yeah, and he'd already had an apprenticeship under his belt and had been practicing for years. Mm-hmm. Upon the completion of his studies, he returned to Wales to practice medicine. Wales and Welsh culture shaped everything that William did. But we're going to get to that in a little bit as well. Trust me, it gets very Welshy. We're going to get to a lot of things in a little bit. <laughs> we're getting there, people. We're getting there. Like father, like son. It appears that the practice of hanging around naked rubbed off on Price the Younger, and he became well-known in town for his dedication to the practice of nudity. His undeniable skill as a doctor made him a valued and respected member of the community, but in addition to all the public nudity, he was also against the practice of marriage, believing that it enslaved women. Mm -hmm. He was a dedicated 
advocate to the practice of free love. I was just, I've seen no problem with this man so far. Yeah, 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 Watch yeah, the yeah. wander nude around the world. Just, yeah. You know, let's get it on with whomever and let's not imprison the women in the uh, practice of monogamy. Man after my own heart. <laughs> Practicing what he preached, he would go on to have many illegitimate children. Mm-hmm. Also, unusually at that time, he had a lot of strong opinions in the matter of hygiene. Like me, he believed that coins were filthy. Well, they are. And they are. Money is and, the dirtiest thing that we handle on a regular basis. And he washed all coins he came in contact with. I don't take it so far as to wash it, but I do wash my hands every time after I handle coins. Mm-hmm. But any coin that he acquired, he would scrub. Also, he believed that socks were highly unhygienic, and he refused to wear socks. More hygienic than just straight feet and shoes. Not everything that this man comes up with is the most logical. And I, I could understand where he could be like, okay, well, it, socks are dirt collectors. Yeah, but then you take so, them off and wash them and re- replace them. Well, anyhow, I would say that you could have a talk with him, but he is unfortunately long gone. So I will write him an angry letter for his stance. <laughs> would... like, well, I mean, I understand. Okay, he's a nudist, so I can appreciate his hatred of socks because if he's wandering around naked, he's not just going to have a pair of socks on. That's he just, wasn't not... anti-shoe, just so we're clear. <laughs> so he, he believed in shoes. Around naked with he shoes felt, on is one of those. He felt that socks collected dirt. They were just like dirt collectors, like lint traps for your feet. And he's like, it's just not clean. <laughs> also, probably I'm imagining washing machines had not been invented yet. Mm-hmm. Socks were not being cleaned nearly as much as they are in this day and age. Okay. So he's just strutting around. In the buff, we're just nothing but a pair of shoes. All about that health. Mm-hmm. William Price and I don't just see eye to eye in terms of coin handling. He also believed in vegetarianism, fresh air, and exercise. Okay. An anti-smoker, he was so against smoking that he refused to take on patients who smoked. As a doctor, he's like, if you're a smoker, I am not going to have anything to do with you. Remember when I said earlier that this Welsh fresh air loving nudist who kept cleaning his coins shaped healthcare into what the UK looks like today? Yeah, I'm curious what it has to do with the national health system. In between telling everyone to exercise and stop eating meat, he also came up with a revolutionary concept that no one else was doing at the time. He would only have his patients pay what they could afford. And this was so well received that the laborers in the area started paying him a percentage of their weekly paycheck. Uh-huh. And in exchange, they would get all the health care they needed. So, so it's kind of like the, the form of insurance. So he was the initiator of medical insurance, is what you're saying. The concept took off and grew dramatically in popularity. And eventually, it led to Britain's National Healthcare Service as it is today. Okay. So it, it was like a form of insurance, but it um, it had just, that idea had never been done. His belief was that most doctors didn't actually want to cure patients. They just wanted to keep selling the medicine mm-hmm. and they weren't encouraging their patients to eat well, not smoke, get fresh air, exercise. They just wanted to write scripts. Yeah, yeah. And he... Well, if it's a business, why would you ever want your customers to stop right, coming back? Right. Exactly that. Uh, it's the, one of the only businesses where you're actively trying to get rid of your customers. Remember when I'd said earlier it was going to get very Welshy in here in a bit? I'm feeling it. 
Let me open up a window. It's getting a little Welshy in here. We've reached we've reached that moment. Okay. A proud Welsh nationalist, William Price became more and more involved in Welsh culture activities in the 1830s and the 1840s, and he started getting really into Druidism. Mm-hmm. Joining a neo-Druidic group and beginning to participate in ceremonies, eventually becoming a leading figure. He was also a strong believer in Chartism. Have you ever heard of Chartism? I was actually just about to ask you, what <laughs> is Chartism? I'm so glad you is asked. It, is it the worship and studying of chard? No, chart. Uh, Chartism. Has nothing to do with chard? No, I actually, no chard. I'm one of the few people that enjoy chard. Okay. Well, I'm afraid that chard, he did believe in vegetarianism, so he would have been down with some chard. Okay. But chardism was a movement for political reform, which was then spreading through the country. And it was the idea that all men should have the right to vote, irrespective of their wealth or social standing. (sighs) That's very progressive. Chardism really started to spread in South Wales, and believers started to arm themselves in anticipation of revolution against the government. And William Price, having some resources as a doctor, started aiding them in acquiring weapons, including seven pieces of field artillery. Mm -hmm. On November 4th, 1839, the Newport Rising took place. Okay. What is the Newport Rising? (laughs) I'm so were you, glad. Were you, were you setting me up for that? Were you like, do you know what the Newport Rising is? <laughs> do you know is? what the Newport Rising is? Oh, everybody knows what the Newport Rising is. Of course, of course I know, but I know yes. the listeners don't know. So I'm My just going to give yeah, you yeah. the opportunity yeah. to explain the Newport Rising to the listeners. I'm just going to sit back and see if you explain it correctly. A bunch of the Chartists rose up and did a revolution and were promptly squashed down by the government. And the government was like, nah, no, no, no. And William Price, having been a smart fellow and looked at it, said, I don't think this revolution is going to work. And Mm. he didn't take part. Once it was suppressed and they started going through the prosecution and and rounding up the people, Price, even though he himself did not take part in the revolution, said, well, I did purchase seven pieces of field artillery and that could look a little iffy. So I'm going to get the heck out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. And- he fled to France dressed as a woman. But as we all know, because of current affairs, just because you supply weapons to somebody doesn't mean you're getting involved in the war. Doesn't mean, no. Nope, nope. Right. We're just giving them weapons. We're good. Be- before you know it, you're in a dress headed over to France saying, I wasn't taking part in any of that revolution. You would think that that would be enough to qualify for a very interesting life, right? Oh yeah, that's a that's a full full life. Uh, he was a surgeon. He was a nudist. He had a bunch of kids. He didn't like socks. Partook in the uh, Newport Rising, right? I mean, or the no, he didn't. No, that's I mean, he, he didn't, didn't take part. Yes. He didn't not take not part <laughs> in the Newport Rising. Oh, ho, ho. he was only just getting started. This was the opening act. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready the, so you, that was just setting the scene. Yeah. All right. While in France, Price visited a museum and he experienced what he described as a turning point in his religious life. Mm-hmm. He came upon a stone with an inscription. Usually you don't want to come on anything in a museum. Came, I'm just letting came, 
came just, came upon. I'm just telling upon. people. On. I didn't say on. I said upon. There's a difference. I know. Coming on, a little different. I'm just he letting came. everybody know. If you ever go to a museum, yes, it's not polite to come on anything. Don't come on it. Don't come upon it. Walking <laughs> by this stone, okay. William Price saw this inscription, mm-hmm. and despite the fact nobody else interpreted this inscription in this way only him member of one he decided that the inscription was a prophecy that a man would come in the future to liberate the welsh people okay can you guess who was the man from this prophecy according to william price who was the only person who interpreted this inscription with this prophecy in a french museum can was, you guess was he going to be the one who was going to be coming in the future <laughs> it would be not the one in the museum own. not in the museum it would be culturally impolite very impolite but later on because he was a nudist and he believed in free love no, i could no. foresee that he would be coming in the future yeah that's you're hilarious no um, the prophecy was william price he, no, 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 he got, was the I, one in I, the stone i got your no, leading I question yeah. i yes i fully understand could it have been william price was the chosen <gasps> one as a matter of fact, he was the chosen one. What? Putting aside the dress, he returned to Wales and went full druid. Having foregone the dress, he decided instead to wear green pants, a red waistcoat, and a full fox hat that was an entire dead fox with the legs dangling around him. Okay. He stopped cutting his beard and his hair, and he went full ZZ Top. Uh-huh. And finishing off this outfit was a very large staff topped with a crescent moon and covered with engravings and a language that Price himself came up with. He also decided while he was in the process of saving the Welsh people that the poet Homer was in fact not born in Greece, but was born in southern Wales. Even though... Like, if you knew anything about history. (laughs) They were all wrong, and uh, evidently Homer was, in fact, born in southern Wales and built a castle there, according to William Price. Before moving to Greece? Never had anything to do with that. In the before-before times? This is is a man who's wearing a dead fox on his head and is seeing prophecies in a French museum, so let's give him a pass on the Homer I don't even think that the, the English Isles were populated at that time. Well, you'd have to talk to William Price uh, about I mean, that. Look but up, you can't. I mean, we're talking what, because like he's dead. Three hundred yes, BC. He he. Not only did he believe that Homer was born in Southern Wales, but he fully believed that he built a castle. Okay. All right. So I believe it. Anyhow, well, he and he, he was believed... blind, and he did all this stuff. I mean, he's an incredible <laughs> man. He also decided that he was going to have a son that would help bring back Druidism and free the Welsh people. In order to do this, he impregnated three different women. Got to hedge your bets. Unfortunately, all three women gave birth to daughters, and an inferior vagina is going to get in the way of saving people and destroying Christianity. You can't put all your hopes and dreams of the future on one vagina. I mean, he went for three. 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 But still, the, the fault in our vaginas. Missing the important bits. Not one to give up. And despite his beliefs in the Institute of Marriage, 
on his 81st birthday, which, as we were called at the start of this, March 4th, mm-hmm. 1800. Which is one of the only dates which is a command. Oh, right? yeah. March 4th. Yes, it is. And this is what he's trying to do is take over Wales, March 4th. On his 81st birthday, he married a 21-year-old woman oh, named of course. Gwendolyn in a druidic wedding ceremony. Uh-huh. Well, so, so okay. Let me just, I'm just, indulge me for a second here. Mm. So you're 21. You're, mm-hmm. you're young. You're, you're pert. You're Fertile. in the prime of your life, right? And this odd old man in his green slacks, red waistcoat, wearing a dead fox on his head, carrying a staff, comes along and you're like... That's him. Hey, baby. That's that's the one that's going to plow my fertile fields. Do you want to save the Welsh people with me? <laughs> this is, I like what you're selling here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the farmer's daughter was able to give William Price his longed-for son, which he named... William Price? No. Oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Jesus course. Christ pi- price. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Jesus Christ died only five months later. Uh, short-lived savior. Sorry. So much for all those grand plans. It gets weirder. Okay. Never one to do anything with subtlety, Price, who was a fervent advocate for cremation, decided that he should burn his infant son's body on a hillside on Sunday evening in clear view of the church, timing it so that as everyone left the church, they would see the flames. Mm-hmm. It like, smells like barbecue. <laughs> everyone ran up the hill to see what the fire was. Once they ascertained what was happening, the mob tried to take him out. Mm-hmm. Cre- cremation was considered taboo. It was completely shocking. And the only thing that saved him from being uh, attacked and taken down by this mob was that the police ended up arresting him. And his infant son's body was hauled out from the flames. Hmm. Given a proper Christian burial like Jesus Christ would have wanted? Well, unfortunately for this Jesus Christ, that's not quite how this turned out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A post-mortem proved that his son had not been murdered, but had in fact died of natural causes. So when Price was brought to court, it was over the cremation and inappropriate body disposal as opposed to emphasized. Mm-hmm. Of course, <laughs> Price defended himself in court because he would. It turns out in between the druidism and the free loving and the doctoring, he also as a hobby and for funsies, would occasionally defend people in court mm-hmm. and was quite good at it. So he was so he, a hobbyist barrister? Yes. Okay. And he argued that while the law did not say that cremation was legal, it didn't say it was illegal either, and which was, which was true. Yes. It was true. It was like everyone's like, you can't. Do cremation, he's like, but nowhere is it said in the books that it's illegal. You just can't do it, but it's not necessarily illegal. Right. It's a taboo. They're like, well, we don't do it. It's taboo. You're not supposed to. And he's mm-hmm. like, but show me where it's specifically forbidden in the books. Okay. And they That's were like, well, yeah. 
well, you found the loophole. You're right. We're all frown on it. We think it's bad, but it isn't specifically made illegal in the books. He argued, it is not right that a carcass should be allowed to rot and decompose in this way. It results in a wastage of good land, pollution of the earth, air, and water, and is a constant danger to all living things. He was totally correct, because if anyone is into the Bronte family and you realize how many of them died, as it turns out, in the town they lived in, the cemetery was placed at the top of the hill. Uh-huh. And all of the dead bodies got into the water table and everyone in the town was dying of typhus. Mm. And it turns out all it was was like, dude, you can't live down water from a cemetery. Yeah. yeah. But how many people died because we didn't know that? Mm. William Price was indeed correct. He won his acquittal and the return of his son's corpse so he could go through with the cremation. How old is the corpse got to be at this point? I, mean, I imagine I mean, the court trials got to take a little while. They've just been holding on to the, cor- the corpse. From I mean, it's it's probably a little squishy, but I'm sure they're keeping it in a cool cellar it's with ice. half charred. It was relatively <laughs> unburned. He okay. got caught by the mob before the flames. Like they, the coffin containing the son's body was knocked over. It was, like, okay. it was hardly, so hardly it was, touched by so, it. So it was like not even like No, not rare really even yet. singed. Not okay. rare yet. Okay. But it was like they had to pack it in ice in a root cellar, I'm imagining. In my research, I I didn't have clarity as to where they were keeping the infant corpse. Uh-huh. But Hanging out in the corner of the corpse. Somewhere. Waiting. With some ice cubes between its little toesies. Yeah. After Price was acquitted, they were like, you're right good loophole, here's your son's body back, and he got to go through with the cremation. Of course, because this is William Price, the case set a precedent which, together with the activities of the recently founded Cremation Society of Great Britain, led to the Cremation Act of 1902. I mean, this guy just won't stop. And the Cremation Act of 1902 said that you can cremate people? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. The court case made him famous and never won to not make use of a good opportunity, he capitalized on his newfound fame by striking a, it's either, it was called in the literature that I've seen, either coins or medals. Uh-huh. But he made a bunch of coins or medals to celebrate his victory, his son's death. I got made, to burn my son. Yes. And he huzzah, sold them. Huzzah. He sold them for three pence each and he sold a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, at least a few hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I heard up to a thousand, but minimum 300. Oh. 300 medals or coins of cremating your son at three pence each. Mm-hmm. Not so bad. No, that's a good price. Despite an utter confidence in himself and his prophecies, Christianity remains and Druidism is not the heavy hitter that Price had anticipated. None of his children went on to fulfill the destiny he predicted, and on January 23rd, 1893, William Price died. His final words were, bring me a glass of champagne. He drank his last glass and then the curtains closed. It's not every day that someone grows up with a father who keeps snakes in his pockets in between being tied to his bed, becomes a doctor, starts socialized medicine, becomes a druid, practices free love, wears a dead fox on their head, 
tries to help fund a revolution, flees to France in a dress where they see a prophecy in a museum that no one else sees that makes them believe Homer was not a Greek poet, but actually born in Wales, and that their son will be named Jesus Christ and destroy Christianity. While William Price's name might not be as well known today, his legacy in terms of socialized medicine and cremation live on, and his points about fresh air, good food, good hygiene, and avoiding smoking are more valid than ever. I'm surprised that more people don't know about this dude. I mean, the guy, I feel like he accomplished more in a month than most people accomplished in their entire life. No, it sounds like he was like one of the OG rock stars before rock stars. Yes, yes, for sure. That's what I was thinking the whole time I was doing research. Well, he had the outfit, at least. I I mean- mean, That's some eccentricities (laughs) going on right there. No socks, giant carved staff. Yeah. Dead Fuck you fox. And your socks, yeah. your oppressive socks. Beard down to his waist, like full druid. Would you like to have a baby with me? I mean, yeah. Well, now I, yeah. I gotta see if I can find a picture of this guy for the episode. I've seen some pictures. Uh, like I've got, he's in like this onesie, like a pajama onesie All with right. this like, giant staff and his beard. And <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, like a guy that Led Zeppelin would write a song about. Yes, yes. And maybe yes. that was the bustle in the hedgerow. Was he was sitting in there with the fucking gun? <laughs> it wasn't just a sprinkling for the May Queen. He was just like, <laughs> I'm reloading here, bitch. No, 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 that was his dad. That was his dad. Oh, yeah, sorry, that was his dad. Yeah. <laughs> You've been hearing me talk about William Price for a while because I just find the guy so fascinating. Uh, hopefully our listeners enjoyed learning about William Price as much as I did. I enjoyed listening and learning about this guy. Like I said, I will find an image of him. I will find the best possible image I can that illustrates the There's magnitude of yeah, this yeah. man's personality. Yeah, yeah. I will use it as the image for this episode. So if anyone is curious about what he looks like, look at the image of him. You can find it on dirtytalkpodcast.com. Thanks for sharing your knowledge on price. I don't know. Maybe we should uh, call this episode The Price is Right. <laughs> or The Price is All Right. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I love. Oh my god, I love it. Wait, sorry, I'm having a little trouble breathing. I love it so much. Okay, <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, that's that's good. That's, that's quite clever. I like it. Before you give everybody the closing honorary, customary jaunty salute, I just want to remind everybody: if you want to join us for our weekly podcast, uh, go find us on Patreon, patreoncom backslash podcast. You can find the Dirty Talk podcast and all. Social media, Twitter, Instagrams, the Facebook, whatever, where the Dirty Talk podcast. I can be found at TC Rollins on Twitter. Rain can be found everywhere. Just as Rain you know, DeGray. Rain DeGray uh, on um, my website and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and FetLife. Mm-hmm. Boobpedia. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, reach out, say hello. Thank you for joining us. Rain has her jaunty salute cocked and ready. I do. I do. I am not in the hedgerow, though. Okay. Okay. Over and out, my friends. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you again next week. Only if you're a Patreon supporter. Yes. If not, then we'll talk at you in a fortnight. Week after that. Yes. One fortnight fortnight from today. Or maybe it's already out and I don't know. 
Possibly. <laughs> Anyways, goodbye. Thanks for Bye. listening. We'll talk at you next time.